Yonder, Chapter 19, Moving Forward Jim Bob arrived back at the plantation after a long day of testimonies, prayer, planning, and postulating at the Peapot. Hebrews Have to get used to the new name, he whispered to himself. Walking in the door, he was struck by the quietness of the place and the smell of Lapsang Souchong tea from the office. His mouth began to water for a hot cup of tea. Jim Bob opened the concealed door of the kitchenette and pressed the on tab on the electric kettle. A breeze stirred somewhere in the house and pushed the door closed as he was searching the confined space for tea bags. As luck would have it, his hand found the light switch a few seconds after the door closed. The first drawer he opened contained a collection of tea infusers for loose tea. He found a monkey, a traditional tea ball, a pig, a cat, a swan, an owl, and even a hippopotamus. He selected monkey with arms that articulated to suspend the infuser on the edges of the cup. The next drawer released the strong aromas of teas and contained a wooden box labeled with the types of teas. He found the Lapsang Souchong in the front of the drawer and filled the monkey with loose leaf tea. A third drawer contained all types of sweeteners including stevia drops which he added to his cup. The kettle clicked off and he poured steaming hot water over the monkey and into the cup. He turned, opened the door, flicked off the light and walked out into the office. Near the window to his right, another door blended into the wall, opened with a click, and Tubbs emerged into the room, drying his hands. Did not know that was there. Mind if I take a look? Jim Bob moved toward the rapidly closing door as Tubbs continued to dry his hands. Be my guest. There's another door in there that emerges into the closet on the other side. Then there is another door past that which will take you into the library. Tubbs disappeared into the kitchenette to fix himself a cup of tea while the water was still hot. He preferred the hippo tea infuser. With cup in hand, he returned to the office and took a seat in front of the desk. Soon Jim Bob returned sipping his tea and shaking his head. This place continues to amaze me. Did Captain Pitts design this place himself? I'm not sure of that. However, I continue to discover things about this house, the surrounding buildings, and the property itself every day. The entire property encompasses four sections of land in excess of 2,000 acres. The captain bought cheap while he could. The estate is partially in Georgia and partially in Tennessee. And, don't worry about it, those issues and the tax ramifications are above our pay grade. Tugs took a sip of tea and exhaled loudly. He crossed his legs and propped one arm on the back of his chair. Tell me about the meeting at the... Hebrews is what I understand to be the new name of the coffee shop. Jim Bob slid into the soft leather chair behind the desk, placed his teacup on a coaster, and pulled his notes from his shirt pocket. A rustle at the door caught both of their attentions, and they turned their heads to see who it was. Freddie stood shyly in the door. Sorry, Dad, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll talk to you later. Tubbs stood and walked to the door and ushered Freddie to a chair. Join us, Freddie. You might find this interesting. Tubbs glanced at Jim Bob for approval. I think Tubbs already knows a little bit about what happened today. I believe you'll find parts of this intriguing, Freddie. Have a seat. Jim Bob motioned him to the empty leather chair. Freddie sat ramrod straight with his arms on the arms of the chair, his feet almost completely flat on the floor. I suggest hitting the highlights and letting you guys ask questions. Leonard, Sharon, Linda, and I met today at Hebrews Coffee Shop to plan the renovation of the coffee shop and the bakery. Leonard and Linda will manage the bakery, 
and Sharon and I will manage the coffee shop. The bakery mainly needs updating and cleaning. The interior of the coffee shop needs an overhaul to make it more like a living room and study place. Freddie raised his hand for a question. Dad, is that the Leonard you'd fought with in sixth grade and then became close friends? Yep, Sharon's his wife. Their children are grown and have families of their own. Linda's husband died a few years ago from combat injury complications and she's been doing her best to keep the coffee shop going. We had an interloper during our meeting and it turned out his arrival was a divine appointment. Tubbs, what have you heard about the effect of prohibition on yonder? Tubbs turned and looked at Freddie with a sarcastic smile. Freddie, I wasn't alive during prohibition which occurred from 1920 to 1933. I was born in the 1940s. Jim Bob, it seems there was a lot of illegal liquor coming into Charleston and Norfolk and making its way south on the back roads across the south. It wouldn't surprise me if moonshiners were very active or if there was some enterprising people who made money running liquor. What has prohibition got to do with the coffee shop and bakery? Tubbs finished with his hands extended, palms up and raised, arch eyebrows waiting for the other shoe to drop. Jim Bob let the question hang in the air for dramatic effect before continuing. Linda showed us a well-constructed tunnel that passes under Taylor Street between the bakery and the coffee shop. Our interloper, Sammy, discovered a room off of the tunnel whose door was built to blend with the rock walls. Inside the room, we discovered cases of Irish Gaelic whiskey. Some of the cases were open and some were still sealed. Sammy has a friend in Norfolk who owns a bar, and he offered to buy the whiskey for $800 a bottle, sight unseen. He's at this minute en route with a truck to pay us cash for 100 of the 120 bottles. Excuse me just a minute. Jim Bob stood up and went out the front door, returning several minutes later carrying an old wooden box with no lid. He reached in the box and produced a bottle of the whiskey and handed it to Tubbs. Tubbs pulled out his handkerchief and wiped off the label of the bottle. He waved Freddie over and showed him the label. Freddie reached out a tentative hand to rub his finger across the label. Tubbs stood and entered the kitchenette and returned with two glasses and a corkscrew. He peeled the wax seal of the, off the bottle, inserted the corkscrew, and with finesse extracted the cork. The silence in the room was deafening. I'm not a drinker, Tubbs started as he poured a finger of the whiskey into each glass. But darned if I'm not intrigued enough to give this horse a trot around the yard. He picked up a glass and handed the other to Jim Bob. Freddy stood transfixed, watching carefully all that was happening before his eyes. Another rustling at the door caught everyone off guard. All eyes turned to see Mary Alice and Annie standing in the door with hands on their hips, eyes wide. What in tarnation are you two doing? Freddy, cover your eyes. Mary Alice tried to keep a straight face, but Annie snickering next to her made that impossible. Tubbs sat down his glass, entered the kitchenette again, and returned with two more glasses. He poured a finger of whiskey in each and took them to the ladies. Freddie's eyes were big as saucers. Is this the whiskey y'all found in the tunnel? I don't really like whiskey, but this is too much of an opportunity. Mary Alice finished and smiled. The whole town knows about it. Let's give it a try. All four clinked their glasses and tossed back their finger of whiskey, and then there was silence. Freddie stared from face to face, waiting for a reaction. The fur adults were smacking and smiling. Dang, that is some smooth whiskey for being a hundred years old. Jim Bob, I'm glad you kept a few bottles back for, well, for good measure. 
Freddie, help me grab a couple of chairs from the library so the ladies can join us for the rest of the story. Tubbs led Freddie through the bathroom and closet into the library, each returning with a chair. Ladies, have a seat. Jim Bob, continue and include who this Sammy character is, please. Well, when I was on Guam, we knew him as the Hobbit. Jim Bob looked over at Mary Alice and she smiled, recognizing the call sign. He's retired and hoping to relocate here with his wife to a farmstead. I'm of a mind to let him and Stephanie build their retirement home where our home once stood and sell them the house and the property. That is, after the insurance bills the house. The Hobbit and I discussed price and he's willing to pay what we paid for the place. Jim Bob waited for questions, but none came. So after Weeble buys the whiskey, we'll have about $80,000 to renovate Hebrews and upgrade the equipment at the bakery. Leonard and Linda were going to look at what equipment is there and use what still works. Jim Bob stopped talking and waited. I understand there's an 80-quart Hobart mixer in the bakery. Is that going to be sufficient? Tubbs finished with raised eyebrows and a sip of tea. Seems I recall there being two of those monster Hobart mixers in that Tubbs. That baker used to produce all of the bread for miles around. Should probably get someone in to check them out and make sure they're fit to use. Smitty across the border used to work on them if he's still alive. Let's give him a call. Annie pulled out her phone, dialed a number, and pressed the phone to her ear. Smitty, that you? She paused and a gravelly voice could be heard responding to her question. You know why I'm calling. Get your carcass over here and check them both out. We're going to get back into the baking business. Tarnation, it won't take you that long. Just please get them up and running as soon as you can. Please. Annie pressed the phone to end the call and smiled around at everyone. My brother Smitty confirms there are two Hobarts and he'll be down tomorrow to check them over. He thinks because he's almost 90 there isn't any work left for him. He'll get it done. With that, she settled back into her chair, crossed her ankles, and smiled again at everyone. Jim Bob sat with his mouth agape. That was the most he had heard Annie say since they met. He settled in his mind that she was a strong, supportive friend, but it seemed that she would be a ferocious adversary. We settled on five principles for our business model, Linda remembered from her husband. They all start with the same letter, but there are too many to make a good Baptist sermon. The five R's are, he stopped to snicker at the repeated sound before continuing, relationship, relevance, reality, regret, responsibility, and reliability. Linda said Rory learned the principles from his father growing up and used them in leadership, relationships, and business. We're going to discuss them for the next week when we meet to finalize some plans. Freddie had wandered over to look out the window behind the desk as Jim Bob was talking. As Jim Bob finished, Freddie moved to his side and put a hand on his father's shoulder. Jesus was a relationship builder, Dad. You reckon that's part of the first star? Jim Bob put his arm around Freddie's waist and pulled him close. I think Freddie should be my partner at the next business meeting. You can ask Linda that question yourself, Muffy. Freddie winced at the familiar nickname. It felt as if the world took a deep breath. There was a crack of thunder, and the ground shook before the bottom fell out and a heavy rain began to fall. Tubbs stood in motion for everyone to follow. He led them to the top of the central stairs and then to the right and up the stairs to the glass-enclosed widow's walk. Everyone found a seat and sat mesmerized by the heavy rain pattering on the glass roof and walls. Freddie sat in a chair between Mary Alice and Jim Bob and across from Annie and Tubbs. God always designs the best fireworks. 
Freddie's hushed voice echoed against the windows and mixed with the pitter-patter of raindrops. Tubbs began to hum an old hymn, and soon everyone joined in the words, so familiar to them. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he, amid the flood, of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. And as suddenly as the rain had begun, it stopped. The sun began to peek through breaks in the clouds and fill the widow's walk with bright sunlight. Tubbs stood and offered his right hand to Annie to help her stand. Amen, he said in a whispered tone and led Annie down the stairs.